0: Blob Talk Radio. You are listening to Roll the
1: Quadcast, a blogger so dear podcast where little old Charlie Brown is still trying to kick that football. Blogger so dear is the go-to website for the best independent analysis of Wake Forest Athletics. as always, to see my co-host, Robert Reinhardt, live from Winston-Salem. How are we doing, Rob?
0: We are doing well. We had a bye week, no stress for the Deeks this week, so uh, after a very stressful couple of games, I I think we could all use the break. Yeah, Absolutely, and
1: uh, you know, the bye week is never fun from a fan standpoint, but it is definitely uh, less stressful than any other week of the year, but Um, Before we kind of get into everything here, uh, we're doing a couple of new things. We got new microphones, so hopefully this will come across better, and uh, we may do some post-editing if this one does not work out as well as we would like, so bear with us. We got a 30-minute episode today. We're going to talk some Wake Forest basketball for the first time in a little bit, and we're also going to preview the second half of the season, do a little bit of recap of the first half of the football season, and uh, then discuss uh, briefly, we'll touch on Clemson, some pros and cons, Um, not a ton to talk about there in my opinion um before we preview Georgia Tech in what is a pretty big game for both teams um Tech has lost two heartbreaking games to Tennessee and Miami yesterday and they're a very good football team and I believe Wake is also a good football team um let's go ahead and start off with a little bit of basketball Rob uh Wake Forest had their fan fest yesterday at the Lawrence Hill Veterans Memorial Coliseum and uh you know, they never get too in-depth on that, but it is our first taste of basketball. Can you go over a little bit what you saw? Um, just some, obviously, it was minimal exposure, and you're not going to lo- learn a ton from it, but, um, you know, the new scoreboard's up as well, so if you want to opine on that, then I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear what, you, what your thoughts were um, on how that looks as
0: well. Sure. I guess I can start with the, the video board, since that's what you just asked about. It's It's absolutely unbelievable in-person, It is a state-of-the-art video board. Um, It's sort of a mini version of the Cowboy Stadium video board where you have the two going across the length of the court, and then you also have two in the end zones there. So I think it's going to make for an unbelievable uh, fan experience. I think that's really going to improve. There are also four video boards. Uh, There's a video board in each corner, I think, that are going to display some stats. So I think that'll be nice in terms of, keeping track of of what's going on with the game in terms of individual players. And then it wasn't turned on, but there's also a a ribbon sort of going around, around the arena. So I think it should make for a a really good environment. And I think those changes combined with a lot of the changes that they've done over the past several years with really incorporating a lot more go Wake Forest, um, you know, tight signage throughout the arena. I think it's going to really feel like more of a, a, a great home court environment. And I think with our, Team being back to where a program should be, it's it's going to be a very great place to play, a very great place to watch basketball. But in terms of the basketball being played on the court, as you mentioned, you can only get but so much. But I, I think some observations that'll make mostly of the new guys, because we sort of know what we're getting with with the Brian Crawfords and the Keyshawn Woods of of the world. But I was I was very impressed with Olivier Sar. Obviously, you can only take but so much. But he had a nice stroke and several drills. He was he was shooting out. And he was knocking down threes. So I, I do expect him to step out some. He could potentially play some stretch four for us this year. I know we lost a big piece in Dino's Miniglou, but uh, Sarr can't necessarily fill that role all by himself. But I think a uh, very fluid athlete could be a very productive player for us. I thought Brandon Childress, again, drills, but I think he's going to look to attack a little bit more. He looks more confident, um, definitely stronger. I think he's going to continue. He improved a lot as the season went on last year. I think he's only going to continue to improve. Sean D Brown, very um, physical specimen for, for just a freshman. I think he's going to make a big contribution this year. Uh, Danny Manning sort of said as much afterwards. I thought Daryl Moore also very improved from a physical standpoint. Those of you who follow Ryan Horn on Instagram, and I would strongly recommend following him on Instagram, um, have gotten a look into Daryl and seeing how his body is transformed and he appeared to be in much better shape. Um, not, Unbelievably fluid, running up and down the court. But but for his size, I, I think it's very impressive what he's going to be doing. And then Terrence Thompson, um, I think he's going to be a nice addition. He's a little bit bulkier than I thought, so that that should help with the rebounding. So overall, very excited to see what this team looks like. A lot of interesting combinations that we can run. I know we were talking beforehand about um, you know maybe four four guard lineups and things like that. So I'm excited, and I also think you know we'll see a little bit more Donovan Mitchell this year. He looked good, knocking down some threes. Um, another fluid athlete so he's another guy who gives us some versatility so definitely excited for the season to get started here and uh, just a little, little over three weeks when we have our first exhibition game.
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely creeping up on us here. We're about to get in that exciting time for fans. Um, maybe not as exciting for the Blogger and So Dear staff. We're covering two sports, and uh, you're also kind of wrapping up the fall season as well with the Wake soccer team. Um, both soccer teams are doing very well, but the men's soccer team with another big win last night. So it's, it's a very exciting time to be a Wake Forest fan. Um, touching a little bit, it, just kind of, thinking ahead to the starting lineup um, do, based on, obviously, once again, minimal exposure, but based on what you saw yesterday, do you think that the, my my thought is the starting lineup will probably be Crawford Woods, Sean D. Brown, Terrence Thompson, and then probably Doral Moore at the five. Um, do you agree with that notion or do you think uh, anybody um, is going to dethrone one of those guys to, to uh, get the start?
0: No, I think that would probably be my guess as well. I think the biggest – really question marks moving throughout the year are, you know, how often do we go with, with four guard lineups? How, how do the minutes get split at the five? I think Sar is going to be a player who as the season progresses and he gets stronger and he definitely has to get a lot stronger. Um, but I, I think he's going to start to see minutes at both the four and the five. And then I, I think, you know, when, probably two of your better reserves are Mitchell Wilbekin and, and Brandon Childress who are both very steady. Um, but your guards and, and your starters and, and Crawford Woods and, and Brown are maybe the three best players on the team. Uh, how do you get all those guys minutes? And I think that's going to be where you see uh, a lot of those four guard lineups with Brown probably at the four. Woods could maybe play some four offensively and, and really stretch it out. So I I would agree with your starting lineup. And, you know, I think – in much more so than in, in years past where we sort of known, okay, Dinas is going to play the four, John Collins is going to be the five, and there's a sort of set positions. We're getting closer, and I think we'll get even closer next year to not quite positionless basketball, but a lot of guys who have good size and length on the perimeter who could, who could play some four, some three, some two, um, and it's going to be a lot for Danny Manning to be able to work with and craft so, you know, I'm definitely excited to see what we do and see how he experiments in the non-conference season. I think the non-conference schedule is a lot weaker this year, which I think is a good thing. And I think it's going to give him a lot of opportunity to experiment with lineups and get things right-sized for ACC play.
1: Yeah, the big thing to me is that we we don't really hit the ground running. We've got Queens as an exhibition, and we've got Georgia Southern, Liberty, Drake, and then the um, U.S. Virgin Island or the Paradise Jam tournament, which uh, it was going to be played at the U.S.V.I. Now it's been moved to Lynchburg, um, Virginia. So we, Quite we might get a good. Yeah, not, not, not exactly uh, the paradise that we were hoping for, um, but it is closer for Wake Forest fans. Um, it, it should provide a semi-home court advantage for us as well. Um, and we might play Colorado and Houston. Those will probably be the semifinal and finalists. We should win that tournament, um, but, you know, we, we don't really have – the toughest test five, five games in and then beyond that, Illinois may pose a threat to us at a conference. good um, Manzali, Charlotte has a very good guard, and John Davis who could get drafted um and then we have Tennessee maybe at coastal but we've got time to you know experiment with that what you were saying positionless basketball get uh get minutes in there see where we're going to play each guy um and as we know Danny Manning likes to um experiment a lot with the substitution so it sets up very well for him to do that. Um, but those are some good thoughts on the Fan Fest, and we will continue to ramp up our basketball coverage as we get a little closer to it. Um, we'll probably start some individual player profiles, um, get into some statistical analysis once uh, the Ken Palm stats come out here in the next couple of weeks. So look look, ahead, look forward to that and. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a good basketball season to pick up where we left off last year. Um, but let's go ahead and shift back over to football. Um, let's go ahead and knock out the, the Clemson recap. There's not really a lot to say. Clemson jumped out to a, an early 14 to nothing lead. Um, Wake probably should have. It should have been 14-3. I maintain that Mike Weaver's field goal went over the, the goal post, but it's not uh, not reviewable, so that's kind of uh, irritating but upright, I should say. Um, but Wake wound up falling 28-14. to 14. Uh, What were your overall thoughts about the game before we get into, you know, the, the Kendall Hinton breakdown? Um, did you think we played well? Was it kind of status quo? Or uh, what, what were your just overall thoughts about it um, in general?
0: I guess, yeah, status quo I think is a good way to – to characterize it, I, I wasn't really thinking anything going into the game. I think Clemson's very good now. Obviously, we saw them go down at Syri- or at Syracuse on, on Friday night and certainly a, a major upset. I think they were three touchdown favorites, but they were playing with their backup quarterback. I think, you know, it's tough. We We fell down early and really played lackluster on – on, on defense and, and gave up those 14 points right away. And I thought the game was pretty much over, but I thought, I thought we continued to fight. I thought, you know, we started to manufacture some offense there, there near the end. we just did not have the same uh, red zone execution that we, that we've had throughout the year. One thing we've done pretty well is once we got inside the 40 or inside the red zone, um, getting, getting touchdowns and not necessarily field goals and, and that's allowed us to be successful, but, um, you know, that obviously didn't happen. Now, when you're going against a defensive line, the caliber of Clemson's, and really just an overall defensive caliber of Clemson's, it's a lot harder. But, you know, my main takeaway, honestly, and, and maybe this little old for us, I'm, I'm glad we really didn't have any major injuries. I'm glad we got through the game and certainly didn't embarrass ourselves. We showed we could play with them for a bit. And, um, you know, great time to have the bye week.
1: Yeah, I agree, and just kind of touch on a little bit of something that you said, you know, finishing the ball, um, putting the ball in the end zone, heading into the Florida State game, I think we had scored on every single red zone opportunity, we were 18 for 18, since then we've had a lot of trouble getting the ball in and, and scoring, um, so the last, the first four games we had over five points per opportunity um, when we got the ball inside the opponent's 40-yard line, the two games against Florida State and Clemson, we were at 2.86 points per trip and 2.33 points per trip. Trip. So basically what that means is we're not getting points when we get the ball deep into opponents territory and Florida State and Clemson obviously are two very very good teams of um, very athletic as we we know based on their four and five star recruits but um, that's something that needs to change moving forward uh, Wake doesn't necessarily have a ton of possession each game and even though we're playing a little quicker this year, um, we, we need to convert on those if we're going to win those those games. Um, I agree with the overall takeaway. I was a little disappointed that we didn't see John Wolford. Um, it came out that you know his shoulder that he had hurt against Florida State, non-throwing shoulder, um, uh, prevented him from playing the game. And head coach Dave Clawson said in the press conference that he was about 80%. So they decided to just go ahead and go with Kendall Hinton, which is the same thing that happened last year when Kyle Curran started against Clemson. Do you think that is a trend that uh, Coach Clawson is it, just keeping him out when – He doesn't necessarily think that um, we have a fantastic chance to win to save him for the rest of the year. And if you do believe that, what kind of message do you think that sends to the team um, and how does that correlate to perhaps the slow start that we had where we fall behind 14 to nothing before we could even get our feet under us?
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of that's interconnected. I I do think that, as we were talking about pre-show, had this been – the home game against Duke, you know, let's say the home game against Duke had been, you know, split up to this point in the season, maybe against NC State, against Syracuse, really against a lot of teams outside of, at Clemson. Um, And, you know, honestly, I I don't think it's a a bad long-term strategy. If, again, given how good their defensive line is and they can really put you on the ground, I think that is not setting yourself up for success. It's a, it's a game where you have a, a, you know, pretty low win probability, even with a healthy John Wolford. Um, and, you know, if he gets hurt, I think our win probabilities go down uh, a lot in future games. So I, I think it's a, a pretty good long-term move. The, the risk is certainly psychological. I, I do think we came out a little bit flat because we sort of felt like maybe as a, as a staff, they were not putting them, the team in the best position to win on that particular day, which which I would agree with. I thought Jake had had that pretty good point. on on Twitter, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's a bad strategy. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy decision to make, but I I commend Clawson for for making that decision. Yeah,
1: it is frustrating while you're watching the game when you realize as we kind of got in the second half, you know, obviously it's hard to tell because we were playing against Clemson's second stringers once we got into the fourth quarter. So even though the game was, not necessarily in question, but it was closer on the scoreboard than it felt. Um, Clemson was never in any real danger to lose the game, but um, when you have a defense as good as ours, you have a chance to win every game. And I I don't hate the strategy, assuming that's what was going on where, you know, he wanted to protect Wolford against a very very good defensive line in Clemson, but I don't like what that sends to the team. And, you know, it's speculation. Maybe John said, I can't go. And, you know, Coach is protecting him a little bit. Um, But with the bye week this week, it's behind us now. But I would like to see us try to win every game, even if the long term, um, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to get hurt. But I I kind of – I see both sides. It's just frustrating when you're watching the game. Um, to not feel like you you had the best chance, but let's talk a little bit about Kendall Hinton as well because that's been a point of contention over the past couple of years. um A lot of people like Kendall Hinton they think that he should maybe start over Wolford um especially before the year. Wolford had a very good year um what did, did you think Kendall Hinton what what do you think he did uh last Saturday that were good, and what did you think he did that um maybe showed why he's not he's not starting over John Wolford?
0: I thought Hinton got a lot better throughout the game. Maybe part of it is that he was starting to go against second stringers later in the game. Uh, I think part of it is, you know, he was just starting to get reps and get more comfortable. He hadn't been splitting time with with Wolford like they had been in in previous seasons, where they were sort of alternating games, alternating drives. So I think he was started to get the feel of his his teammates a little bit more. But I thought he was he was very elusive at times. You know, especially against a, a talented front seven in Clemson, I thought he escaped a number of times where Wolford almost certainly would have gotten sacked. And a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't, would have gotten sacked. But, but him made a good play out of it. I thought, um, you know, he, he showed his athleticism had, uh, you know, a few long runs, a a few good plays. And I thought, you know, over time, he started to throw some, some decent balls. Now I thought uh, he probably took too many deep shots. Don't know whether that was what he was reading um, or that's what the the coaching staff was telling them to do in terms of being aggressive and taking deep shots down the field, try and score at once because they're less confident about, you know, consistently moving the ball and generating first down after first down against the Clemson defense. But, you know, I, I was encouraged by what I saw overall in terms of look, if Wolford's injury status does change and it becomes more of a, of a long-term issue Um, You know, I think we have a pretty capable backup in, in Kendall Hinton. I don't think he, you know, won over the job or anything like that, but I think he solidified himself. And honestly, I thought he performed a lot better against Clemson than he did when I saw him play against Utah State.
1: Yeah, I I don't think we learned anything about Kendall Hinton from last week. We're fortunate to have a guy of his caliber and talent ready to step in and run the offense, and he's gotten a lot of games. You know, obviously last year he was named the starter, played pretty well before he got hurt against Delaware, and then uh, he was out for the year with that knee injury before Wolford uh, took over the rest of the year. Um, It's the same thing that I've seen ever since, you know, we were watching him in practice two and a half years ago. Um, He... He has a very good deep ball, and he has very good legs. He is extremely elusive. He can get out of, you know, situations that feel like he's going to get sacked, which is very good, but he doesn't – I still don't think he makes the decisions that John Wolford makes and that comes with time experience and uh, just running the offense over and over again. Wolford has a very good arm in the intermediate and those out routes that are a big part of our offense. Um, Hinton tends to lock onto a guy and without seeing the all 22 view, it's I can't say this for certain, but I don't think he scans the field and reads it as well as Wolford does. I think he locks onto a guy he tried to go deep a little bit more than uh, Wolford obviously. I don't know if that a game plan scheme for him or if they're running the same plays where he you know just chooses to throw the deep ball maybe it was situational against clemson where we were trying to get more chunk yardage uh, against a very good defense but um he can run very well he can get out of the pocket better than wolford and even though they have about similar top and speed Hinton is extremely be- better with the acceleration and he can get, get get out of uh bad bad problems there um but I think it's Wolfer's job still. But I think moving into next year, Kendall Hinton is going to continue to develop, and he's going to be really, really fun um, to watch. And he's going to step up and become a surprise player. But he he still I think needs a little bit more time to develop. And nothing really stuck out um, to me last weekend that would would change my opinion on that. Um, I think that's about it for the Clemson recap. There's not a whole lot to say. Um, let's kind of let's look at the first half recap here. Um, so we. We're
0: four and two,
1: uh, headed into the bye week, and our bye week came pretty much exactly in the middle of our season, uh, between week six and seven. Wake currently ranked 79th on offense in S&P Plus and 16th on defense. Uh, what, what's your biggest positive surprise about the team um, this year so far? You can maybe say a unit or a sector as well, but um, if you had to just point to one surprise, what would you say uh, sticks out to you? You
0: know, I would, I would say my my biggest positive is, is probably Greg Dortch. Um, maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's cheating a little bit, but you know, he's a guy, he's a redshirt freshman. You hear a lot of hype about him in, in August camp. Uh, but you wonder exactly how well that's going to translate to Saturdays and you wonder, you know, how consistent he can be, but he's a guy who scored a touchdown and in, in pretty much in all of his first four games, he's, he's been a very good player for us um, in, in both return game and obviously in this, in the slot, he had a, a really nice uh, reception against Clemson in a long run, So, and he, he had a very good game against Florida State. So he's shown he can do it against, um, you know, some of the top athletes in our league, some of the top athletes in our country. So I, I think he is a guy who's going to be a great playmaker for us and has been a big reason. Um, you know, you mentioned our – well, those offensive numbers overall, uh, 79th, aren't – Exactly. World beaters. That's a a big improvement from where we've been. And I think Greg Dorch is is a big reason uh, why we were there and he's able to make explosive and tough plays.
1: Yeah, and I'll kind of, I'll play off that into what our next question was that we had set up here, which is, what's the biggest disappointment? Looking at the stats here on uh, receptions, Greg Dortch has been targeted 54 times. Second place is Scotty Washington at 22 targets. So, uh, out of all of our throws, Greg Dortch has a 33% target rate, which means one out of every three throws by our quarterback goes to Greg Dortch. Um, He has a 66.7% catch rate, so catches two-thirds of the ball thrown his way. Um, But there's a big reason for that in my opinion you've got uh the receiving core once again is a is a unit as a whole that has just not impressed uh me at all uh you've got you know scotty washington there cam sarnier he's obviously a very good tight end we've targeted him 18 times for 12 catches and five touchdowns aside from that you know tabari hines chuck wade cortez lewis alex bachman nobody's really sticking out they, lewis was a what i believe was a medical scratch against clemson but he's a uh, been targeted only 14 times and he has 5 catches Wade 14 times 9 catches Hines 16 times 13 catches um the receivers to me just need to be more assertive and go get the ball. There are a couple of plays against Clemson where I thought the throw was there from Hinton, And then instead of going to get the ball, using your body to box out, um, and I'm not trying to denigrate Scotty Washington at all, but just one play sticks out to me where I think it was like an 11-yard out curl type play. And he's there, the ball's coming in. Instead of going to get the ball and meet the ball and box out the Clemson uh, defender, he just stands there and allows the smaller – more aggressive Clemson defender to get through, knock the ball down, which really could have been a pick six if uh, the Clemson guy had gotten through a little bit better. Um, I want to see them be more assertive, and eventually their teams are going to lock on to Greg Dorch. And Dorch is very much a Naheem Hines or Jalen Samuel type player. If you're looking at two NC State guys that he's probably modeling a game after, Um, and he's a Swiss Army knife, I believe he was chosen to the ESPN.com All-ACC team as an all-purpose player so he, he's obviously got a lot of speed and I, I can't wait to see him take one back on a punt or a kickoff return but um somebody else has got to step up because if we continue to be that one dimensional then teams are gonna you know catch on to that and, and no matter what we do with the bubble screen and quick slant play they're gonna they're gonna zone in on that and it's gonna become less effective um but I think that's something that we have to continue to improve on. What, what do you think we've learned about the team so far uh, through these first six games? And what do you think we still have left to figure out if, if you had to, you know, pin one thing for each?
0: Honestly, I think we've learned that we're probably a lot better than we thought we would be in preseason. I think we thought, we, you know, the schedule could really hurt us. This year, and, and maybe it still will, because it looks like it's only going to get harder, especially after that Syracuse win over over Clemson. State State keeps looking better, um, things like that. But you know, we're we're top thirty-five nationally in S and P Plus with a with a pretty reasonable sample size, half the season so far. Um, so I'm you know I'm definitely encouraged by that. I think offensively we we have some talent. If if we change some things up, I think we can be pretty effective. Biggest question mark. Honestly going to the season is more of a results thing not necessarily a process thing but but can we get a, a win in one of these next three games can we knock off Georgia Tech on the road can we find a way to beat Louisville at home who just lost a a bad loss against Boston College at home they allowed 45 points to Boston College um you know we should we should win that kind of game that should be a game we get hyped for and win can we you know play tight at, at Notre Dame and, and can we find a way to, to beat state or Syracuse? Cause I, I think we should beat Duke at this point. So, you know, my biggest question mark is can we get more of a, a signature win, uh, for lack of a better term? I think we can, um, but we need to see it came up short at against Florida state. Uh, can, can we come up big in, in one of our bigger spots?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And the S&P rankings actually just came out. For this week, Wake moved up five spots without even playing. Really, probably just uh, more of the teams that were playing. They continue to win, and our schedule continues to get harder. Um, a big chunk of that is probably our win over Boston College, who knocked off Louisville. Wake is now 29th overall. Georgia Tech fell to 27th overall after losing. A, a real heartbreaking game. they should have won, were it not for a very lucky catch on 4th and 10. Um, Wake is 72nd. In offense now 14th on defense and 102nd on special teams, which does not surprise me given our poor special team play the last few weeks. Um, but oh, that a good yeah, it's been really bad since the App State game. Special teams won the game. Uh, you could almost say that it lost the game against Florida State and uh, it wasn't good against Clemson either we continue to give teams very good field position but uh, we got about four or five minutes here let's talk a little bit about Georgia Tech because they are three and two with losses to Tennessee and Miami but they could easily be five and oh they obviously run the triple option offense Um, Rob can you give us a pretty quick overview of what they do obviously on offense and defense but what their strengths and what their weaknesses are
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I think I saw a tweet. If games only lasted 58 minutes, Georgia tech would be five. and No, that's absolutely correct. Um, yeah. but some, some tough losses. I mean, what they do really well is, is offensive success rate. Obviously they, they stay on track with, with the third down uh, with, you know, just generating a few yards at a time. And I know people think, you know, that's what option teams do, but, um, last year they were still okay at it, but they were much better at just generating some explosive plays. They don't do that as well this year. Um, defensively, Uh, They also struggle to, uh, you know, allow points in the red zone. So I think that's something that we've been good at in the first four weeks. As you mentioned, our numbers were not great against FSU and Clemson. Um, But if we can get back to doing some of those positive things, I think that's that's how we're going to be able to win this game if we are going to win it. It, Georgia Tech runs the ball a a great deal. So obviously there are limited possessions in this game, which makes – our trips inside the 40, even that much more um, valuable. So we need to capitalize. We need to go forward on fourth down. There, we cannot be settling uh, for field goals, as obviously they're not they're not great. But I think you know the good news is they're a very good run team, but we are very good at limiting explosive runs and, and limiting run the run game in general. So with with our safeties being being good tacklers, so this is a good matchup for us. Um, how well do we take advantage? You know, and, and can our offense, honestly, can our offense do enough to generate first downs, not just to ultimately generate points, but to keep our defense rested because they are going um, you know, to, to have to be in great, great condition ready for this game.
1: Yeah, I agree with that analysis. It's pretty spot on. They're very balanced, 32nd in offense, 26th in defense. Um, well, those are the before the update, but they're, they're very balanced. Um, running back Carvante Benson left the game against Miami with a lower body injury, which pr- could prove to be an issue as he is their leading running back, their be back on the year. But Taquan Marshall, the freshman, has been sensational so far. Um, he, he does have a fumble issue; he had lost six. He has six fumbles, but only lost two of them. Um, this, obviously, the third game for Wake out of five, just a hell, hell road. I would say and you can throw App State into that too but Florida State at Clemson at Georgia Tech Louisville at Notre Dame um what do you think the line's going to be here got about 30 seconds what do you think the line's going to open out for the Georgia Tech game Rob
0: I'll say Georgia Tech minus six and a half
1: yeah I think it might actually be a little close in that but I I don't know if they will put it so that people try to get on one side or the other but um I think it'll be bet down if it is a touchdown maybe to three or four points but um I I I tend to agree with you that it'll be right around there. Um, just quick prediction, what do you think for the game?
0: Uh, I, I think we play well, but ultimately we, we come up short. But, you know, I I think if, if we pass the ball more, um, honestly, throughout the season, moving forward, I think we will have a much better chance of success.
1: Yep, I agree with that. I think Tech ultimately wins a close one, and we get ready to head into Louisville. Um, wrapped up pretty quickly here, but as always, go Deeks.
0: Go Deeks.